Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to today's episode of Treaty Talk. We're up to episode 186, and for the first time in those episodes, we'll have a, a Munster football final to look forward to. It's been 12 years in the waiting. Limerick versus Kerry this Saturday in Killarney. We'll be looking at that game at full, myself and Matt, and we'll also have a special guest, Conor Fitzgerald, who knows a thing or two about playing in Munster football finals. We'll also look back on the under-20s, their, I suppose, devastating defeat, Kilkenny in the All-Ireland final. There's Camogie, there's leagues, and there's so many other things to go through. So stay tuned for all that and more. The impression the game we get all with what you put into is like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me find out there from the war court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the bar and the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Matt, I suppose we've made an awful lot of intro over over the last few years. We've used it, but that Shawnee Buckley point—that's the last Munster final. I'd imagine Limerick Arena looked like Killarney to me. It is, and uh, it's it's a fantastic score, and has got off one Tomas O'Shea, you know. Um, <laughs> and and um, the O'Sheas and their uncle Paddy had a reputation for not conceding scores, you know. Oh, yeah, well, that shows the level that that Johnny Buckley was at in that Limerick team in, in twenty ten. Absolutely, but you know, I, I know we're going to be talking about it later with Conor Fitzgerald, like, but um, you know, like everybody's saying, and I was listening to the narrative from the radio this morning, even <coughs> that it's more or less a foregone conclusion, you know. But Limerick have had a decent record against Kerry, and we'll be going into it in greater depth later. I know. And um, there's, there, there is nothing in uh, that I think that suggests that it's going to be a foregone conclusion. And if anything, Jack, and I don't want to preempt what we're going to be talking about later, but I don't think Limerick were ever in a better place going into a monster final. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll talk a bit about it at, at the moment before, before Connor comes in. Uh, he'll be joining us about half an hour in, into the pod. Um, mm-hmm. For anyone wants to skip us talking, but... Like they they don't come around very often these monster football finals now with the current crew that's there you'll be hopeful there there'll be more be more of them it's only the fourteenth um two thousand ten was my first one I was a bit young in three and four and I was in holidays in on nine um but I still remember that that day was one of those brilliant days and Liverpool football was in the crest of a wave at that time um obviously Connor's yeah. team came through and kind of they were there in two thousand with twenty ones and kind of stayed through an awful lot of that team but. A great buzz in Killarney, and look, it's home advantage for Kerry, but Killarney's a real footballing town, like, and probably isn't a better venue, and even though it's going against Limerick, like, it's one you'd really look forward to anyway. Oh, yeah, you, 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 you'd say, you know, a trip any day to the tourist capital of Ireland is good, but, um, you know, it, it, let's face it, Jack, it's one of Gaelic football's capitals and one of Gaelic football's shrines as well, so... You know the, the the two things marry in there, but um, like 
I certainly don't buy into this thing like that. Um, um, as I said, that, that it's a foregone conclusion. Limerick's record, Jack, in the Munster football final at face value is paltry. Yeah. In that they have, in that they have lost them. But like, would you believe it or not, Jack? Um, I was at the '65 final. I was going to ask, was it, were you at that one or was 91 the first one? No, 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 1965. And Limerick were two, Limerick were two goals up in the Gaelic grounds that day. Do you remember just it? Give a small, just give a small bit of background to it. <coughs> Limerick had been out of the Munster Senior Football Championship for a number of years. Oh, yes. And, and returned in 1965. I think I said this in the past in a, in a recent podcast. And announced their re-arrival into the competition with a two-five to six points win over over in um, Cork in Killarney in in the semi-final, and the final was in the Gaelic grounds. And Limerick were two-five to five points up at half time. Now I know I, I know in the end that 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 they lost um, two sixteen to two seven, um, but Limerick put up a very very creditable performance that day because it was a real David and Goliath. Um, you know, clash, and then then we, we fast forward to ninety one when, when Limerick did when Limerick did everything but win the football match. Yeah, you know, I, I, I read an article during the week and it said confidence that was all that stopped Limerick in in ninety one. I don't know, did it come from a member of the management or or something? I suppose that is the thing that Kilkenny had for so long over everyone in Harland that Kerry have that in Munster football now that. A lot of teams yeah. are beat before they go out there, you know. Yeah, but the, the yeah, you know, uh, Limerick, um, Limerick got to the gap, got to the door, were afraid to go over the threshold, and you know, it, it was as simple as that. Twenty-three points to three twelve. Limerick got off to a fantastic start that day, but with a couple of early goals, you know, and really, really, really rattled Kerry. And then, then we move on to the noughties, and like you know, in two thousand and three. Again, very close, won 11 to 9 points. 2004, it actually went to a replay. Yeah. And in 2010, we went to Killarney again as no hoppers. I just get this no hoppers thing bugs me, especially yeah. when they're involved. And, like, you know, Kelly were damn lucky to get a 117 to 114 victory 12 years ago. Yeah, it was a phenomenal team, that 2010 team. Um, I just vividly and remember John, I, I, I John Galvin. I'll I just add a little right up to it. The previous year, Cork, Limerick were in the Munster final. And they, they went down to Cork. Again, no hopers. You know? Yeah. We were nearly pinching ourselves going down the road and saying, why are we going here? You know? 110 to 2-6 was the final score. A wonder, a wonder goal from Daniel Goulding that won it. Yeah, I was I was in America at that time and it was before and, social media you know, and all that. Um, this thing of Limerick in the Munster final and you know, I was this thing um you know to to well known pundits, national pundits who should know better, in my view, saying, Ah look, it's it's Kerry, it's Kerry, it's Kerry, much as you know, where are the, where where are Limerick going? I'm telling you, Limerick are going to make a match of it in Killarney and Tomorrow, yeah, I think Limerick suited well good. to 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 carry, um, especially in defence. That's where Limerick are at their best. Um, I just worry about they might struggle for scores a small bit, but 
because the defense kind of creates an awful lot and the attack finish it then. So they'll obviously have their hands full with the likes of Dave Clifford and Shawnee Shea and things. But we can we can delve more into that in a while. Um, on Saturday, that's that's the starter for you at three o'clock. Um, there's obviously um, a fundraiser, a very good fundraiser in the Ballylanders J Club that evening. Shea for Dave, you're emceeing it. If you'd like to tell us more about that. Yeah, well, um, first of all, Jack, it's it's it, it's a privilege um, uh, to be asked to do uh, to do this. It, it it's um, it, it comm- commemorates a really really great GAA man. Um, he, he he was known as 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 Big Dave, but I you know I think that was a misnomer. I think he should have been called Big Hearted Dave because um, Dave was everybody's friend. Um, he his contribution to the GAA over the years, Jack, had been simply phenomenal. Now he was Belly Landers representative on the county board for God knows how many years. He he served with a number of of of, of Limerick teams um, in in a, as a selector and a member of the backroom team. He made an absolutely huge contribution to the GA it was unfortunately taken suddenly from us all two, two years ago. Now, he is the uncle of TJ Ryan and Donny Ryan and Davey Ryan that hurled with Gary Spillane. So um, now that the pandemic has passed, um, uh, Gary Spillane and Ballylanders clubs have come together um, and are organising um, this this function to, to remember Dave Walsh um, and it's you know, it's a catchy. It, 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 it's a catchy title to achieve for Dave, and um, uh, first of all, it will mean that uh, the, a number of people um, are going around very hairy at the moment. Um, <laughs> some luminaries of the GA, including Jimmy Barry Murphy, Stephen Fox, Tony Ryan, um, going around with beards down to the ground nearly at this stage. But they'll be all coming off tomorrow night. But um, that is part of the fundraiser, but there's there's going to be a very interesting discussion, and that, that that's where I would be um, involved in it in, in trying to keep them apart, um, because the 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 Anthony Daly um, uh, podcast from the Irish Examiner um, has decamped to Ballylanders for tomorrow night, and you'll have Galo, and you know Galo's team is it's it's very interesting. His team of Matt Landers and T.J. Ryan. Um, and I suppose it's fortuitous in in, in, in some ways in that the 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 three of them represent the three counties that advanced in the Munster Championship. Yeah. And like if 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 you can get enough if if you cannot get enough between those three, which I've no doubt you will, thrown in for good measure is carries Tommaso Shea. So um it, it promises to be now the admission is free. All right. The admission is free. It's on at eight o'clock, and like uh, basically, what they're looking for, uh, they're looking for sponsorship for for growing their beards and all that sort of stuff. Oh, and yes. and um, um, it it promises to be a magnificent night, a hu- great night, and and um, like it really really commemorates a, a real real stalwart, a fantastic girl, a very very generous, kind hearted man. Um, who was everybody's friend, and you know, 
um, this world and the GAA Jack is much poorer for his passing. Yeah, it is definitely a great cause. I suppose for anyone that's listened to this now and is no, Jack, you know, also the the you know the Irish Heart Foundation are going to benefit from this along with the two clubs. That's brilliant. For anyone that's kind of out there half thinking of going but want to see the Champions League final, will they be able to see that there as well? They will. They, they, they will. Um, all contingencies have been catered for Jack in that there will be a big screen to facilitate those that want to see the, the Champions League final. Yeah, if if Limerick and Liverpool lose on Saturday, I don't want anyone coming near me on Sunday. Just leave me alone. Um, but hopefully we'll go for a double. I'd obviously rather see Limerick win, but a Liverpool, a Liverpool double would be nice. Um for Saturday. Jack, I'm, 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 I, I'm paying no attention to your latter remark. <laughs> Look, everything stayed up and you you were as happy as I would be if Liverpool won the Champions League. So uh, it could be a good well, season. Well, I'm, I'm happy, happy with a certain element of shame that a club like Everton should be in the position that they're in. But, you know, but that's a story for another day and I would be very, very critical of how that football club is being run even though I've followed them all my life and will continue to follow them until I go to the grave. But, um, uh, you know, I, I don't don't get me on a rant on that because it could take about 10 podcasts, Jack. Yeah, I wouldn't get you talking about soccer now and we have a Munster football final to look yeah. forward to. But look, as we said, we, we've kind of come on in a while, so we, we'll leave the football talk um, paused for about 20 minutes or so. We definitely won't. We have an awful lot more to talk about. Um Last Sunday, we were both in attendance in Turles, Matt, for the All-Ireland Under-20 Championship. Um, a defeat to Kilkenny, 19 points to 18. Uh, we were just kind of saying, look, it's, it's fair to say Limerick never got going, really. It is, Jack. It is. Um, I, like yourself, you know, we were together at it, you know, we're bitterly disappointed. And, you know, we were sort of waiting um, if you like, for Limerick to get into their stride. Yeah. But it never happened. And I suppose that is down to a certain extent um, to the way that Kilkenny set out and the intensity that Kilkenny brought, particularly in the middle third. Yeah, And um, like the hooking and blocking from Kilkenny was absolutely phenomenal. They enjoyed a certain amount of dominance in the air, but their work rate, Jack, was just absolutely phenomenal. And I sometimes wonder, and um, I've been wondering since, if if Patrick O'Donovan and, and Shane O'Brien had got anything like the supply that Billy Drennan got for Kilkenny, you know, what what result would we have had? Because essentially, Patrick O'Donovan, I think, put down a marker very, very early on with, with a couple of great points. Um, Shane O'Brien was absolutely starved. I think one chance he came his way and he put it over. You know, yeah. and... Um, uh, but 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 it was so tight, so tense, and there was so little given in the middle turned, um, that that Limerick never really got into the, 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 the their stride, or never got into you know the the way and uh, the manner in which they played in 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 um, in the monster championship, and it was a monster championship, uh, Jack. It it was possibly you couldn't win a month, a better monster championship. No, like you, you, you beat Clare, you beat Cork, you beat Waterford, you beat Tipperary. That's it. Grand Slam, Grand Slam. But uh, apart from that, um, you had the situation whereby um, 
Limerick showed measurable improvement game on game. And it was my view, and I think Dermot Mullins agreed with me on Sunday evening, or on Sunday evening, that um, that, that sort of improvement, that little extra notch that we were hoping for in the final that would take him over the line against Kilkenny, it stalled. But Jack, it, it, it was it, 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 it was you know, it was down to the intensity that Kilkenny brought to the game. Now, from an entertainment point of view, Jack, you couldn't ask for better. You know, yeah, tit for tat, tit for tat, tit for tat. If you're a neutral, tit for tat. 19 points to 18 at the, at, at the end. The outcome on a knife edge, the outcome in the melting pot, right up to the final whistle. But level it, 14 times. Level 14 times. But Jack, when it comes to the quality of hurling and the quality of fare that was an offer, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. It, it, it was not a good game in that regard. No, it wasn't. I think Ireland final day brings its own pressure. And when it's so close, you're more afraid to make a, a mistake than to to try something. That's not to say the Liverpool players didn't try. But Kilkelly, just at any age, they just seem to have this ability to kind of stifle attacks, um, kind of wear them down. As you mm-hmm. said, Shannon Ryan got very little ball. Adam English got very little ball. You know, there was a lot of players that just kind of couldn't get into the game, really. But I suppose that's the nature of all Ireland finals. And I suppose we can't leave it without talking about that point or non-point. Uh, Conor Henley Clark, I thought, was excellent every single game. He was brilliant in between the sticks. Um, and I met Nicky Quaid there. I just I just walked past him. And he was definitely looking down and saying, the future is bright and there's someone there to take my place if needs be. But I suppose it's very hard in real time to see did it go over or not. But when you look back now, it's clear and... A draw would have been a fair result. It would if you isolate that particular incident. Um, yeah. um, we sort of looked away, Jack, because we thought that Conor Handley Clark had it brought down and done, done the business with it. And um, <coughs> until we saw the white flag going up, you yeah. know. Um, now we've, we've seen the footage subsequently on television, and it, it would appear that um, it didn't go over. Um, but Jack, this, this comes down to um, this. This comes down to a, a far more fundamental question altogether, and that's the question of Hawkeye. Yeah. Like if Hawkeye is installed in in, in in is installed in Turles, was the All Ireland Under Twenty hurling final not worthy of having it in use? It was definitely worthy, but was it in use? Is is the is the that's the question, that's like question I'm posing. Does anybody know was it in use? Yeah, I don't think so. And I think was it new was it in use for the senior game? I didn't see the senior game now, I was on the way home, but I think it was. I'm very sure it was in use. I don't know if they needed it, but it definitely sure it definitely would have been in use, I'd imagine. Yeah. Now again, that comes down to the question of should if Hawkeye's at one stadium, should it be at all stadiums? You know, like would you have VAR well, at one stadium and it, not it, another? That's 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 a that's a separate debate, Jack. Hmm. But 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 um, uh, the the point I'm making is Hawkeye is in the stadium. Yeah. This was an All Ireland final, and why wasn't it used? <laughs> like the week before, um, when the football was playing there, it was definitely news. Um, 
all you see is the you didn't we didn't get a replay now, but we just saw it was Neil. Uh, I don't know who kicked the ball that day. So obviously, like it is in use this year. I have seen it there. You'd imagine for an Ireland final, it should have been in use. Whether it was, like we're not going to know that, but. Limerick still had loads of time, like it wasn't the, the oh, yeah, that incident occurred on the 20th minute, yeah. So, there, there was a full 40 minutes of hurling, plus whatever injury time there was. You had 45 minutes of hurling to redeem the situation, <laughs> and Limerick got a number of chances, and they got a number of late chances. And It's no blame to anybody, um, because as Dermot Mullins described, they were difficult chances, you know, uh, and um, had one of them pulled off. Um, it, it, it would have gone to extra time. And who knows an extra time, Jack? Yeah. You've seen in the past and I've seen extra extra time takes on a life of their own. Oh, and more, yeah. more often than not, the team that gets the late equaliser does they drive on because does they have the momentum. And there's the, there's the psychological thing with the team that has been caught at the death, you know, to have to readjust again thinking they had it won, you know. Yeah, I think we would have been headed for penalties if we got the, the extra time. But look, that's that's behind us. It's the first All Ireland under 20, 21 um All Ireland final loss for Limerick. It's a hard one to take, but there's there's no doubt that we'll see a lot of these players. Um there's a good few of them that are underage again. Yeah, the, qu- the question you asked, Jack, was it was a good question there about um what's the carryover for, for, for next year, and it's quite good. And like you're going, we're going to see the like of Shane O'Brien, we're going to see the like of Patrick O'Donovan, Adam English, Ethan Hurley. They're all they they will all be around again next year, you know, which which augurs well. Mm, yeah, and obviously, I think I think Dermot in reply to you said that there were seven of the starting team. John Kirby would be another one of them, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think Evan O'Leary, I would imagine. Yeah, I think there was did I count out six? I think from the starting team were definitely underage. Um, yeah. So look, it was that, and the, the older lads as well. We've seen two or three of them already in with the seniors. Four, I think, actually. If you call an eel outside of that, we won't get into that because there's no point. But but we might actually like it. But there, there is a point, Jack. In, in it was tough. Um, it was in, tough watching Cahill there, like with a with a mare four and a bib or whatever the bib is called now, bringing out yeah. Hurley's these teammates that he's been with for seven or eight years now. Like it just on a human level, it was wrong. Yeah, Jack, but uh, I, I just wonder, have the people that made this, this that decision, have they any sense of shame? Have they any feeling of shame? Yeah, it's just... Like, um, you're, you, you know, I, I'm of the opinion, rightly or wrongly, Jack, that Drennan should have been on the Kilkenny singer panel. You know, but they were probably... It would be interesting, it'd be interesting to see if he's called up now. And um, certainly do no uh, harm. What's he left back on the under 21s? But no, no managers, you know, seeing an under 20 manager should not be put into that situation. This, no. this is this is an absolute scandal. Yeah, look, there's no shame, shame, shame on those that are responsible for it. Yeah, and you'd hate like, to say it, but Cork were in a similar situation with Kieran Joyce, Waterford would call it daily. This is this is disgraceful stuff, Jay. Like David Gifford hardly played any under twenty one football with his county. Well, I think the rule could have been brought in for David Clifford because he never played twenties. Yeah. It was around that time it was brought in, and I suppose in hindsight it was done to protect the players. But it's been there long enough now to know that it's it's not really protecting players; it's punishing 
the best at that level. But um, it, it's it's a phony response to Bob Burnout. That's what it is. Yeah, um, it's definitely like a Godfather saying this something you'd find in Russia. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely not the right way to do it. But look, we'll move on from that. We had Camogie last weekend. We've Camogie again this weekend. It was a disappointing day for Limerick Camogie losing senior and junior. Um, seniors put up a good fight against the All Ireland champions Galway, um, four eleven to one seven. But we're in it for a long time. The juniors, it was a, it was a heavy defeat to Armagh. Now you've you've spoke previously about that you probably shouldn't have Armagh in that competition after winning. The, the intermediate league, but chance to rectify themselves again this weekend. Kilkenny, the seniors have Kilkenny and the juniors have Roscommon, but again, they're both away. I suppose for the seniors, it, it's back to back away games. The juniors are right, we're home last week, but I suppose for the seniors starting off, Kilkenny again is just another indication of where they are. There is awfully down Antrim to come that'll show more of what they're about, but Kilkenny is, is pretty much a free hit. It is, I suppose, Jack, um, and I'm not getting into the venues thing. Um, I, I, I've been in it long enough um, in that in that space, but um, you know, it was a creditable performance against um, against Galway because let's let's uh, let's call a spade a spade, Jack. Um, I rate Galway as the Limerick of Camogie. They are a extremely good side. They yeah. are a very, very, very good side. And and um, you know, um, I I think it was a creditable performance um, against against Galway. Now they were right there up till half time. Um, now they had the breeze in the first half, but um, the, the the concession maybe of two goals in that first half, you know, gave them a bit of a mountain to climb in the second half. But um, they dug in there, and and uh, the, the one thing that I you know. The one real positive I would take out of it, Jack, is that um, they fought to the bitter end. Yeah. You know, and um, uh, I, um, John Lillis, in his post-match interview, was talking about, um, you know, it was the best performance of the year so far, and it was, and that that in itself is very very encouraging, and and because we had said last week, um, we had made that very point actually that. That we felt that they in the game against Clare, and we have seen how well Clare have done since, um, was Limerick's best performance, and um, they had a similar good performance against Offaly, but were unlucky, and um, you know now Kilkenny is a huge ask. Kilkenny is going to Kilkenny is a huge ask, Jack. But again, I'd say uh, being pragmatic about it and being honest about it, if 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 um. If um, you know, if 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 he gets, if if John Lewis gets an improvement on on the performance against Galway, if he can up to maintain that performance or improve on it, get a notch on it, like they would be going into a good place with back to back home games against Offaly and Down, coming mm. down the line. So um, he, it'll be it'll be all about performance. You'd imagine if you put in a certain performance like you did against Galway, against the, the latter three teams, that you would get results and you, you start to build up a bit of momentum. So look that Yeah, Jack, I'm I'm expecting results in the last three games. Now the game against Antrim is going to be no pushover now. Mm. It's it's a long that none of the games are going to be a pushover. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. But I, I honestly think that if 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 we can maintain 
um, the level of performance against Galway, and and um, you know maybe get another match against Kilkenny, and um, we, we 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 will be in a good place when 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 Offaly come to town two weeks time. Yeah, it would be it would be a bonus. I suppose before we move on from the Komogi, because I am expecting Connor soon. Just on the fixtures, we talked about a lot about the the kind of Limerick having away fixtures back to back. The fact that Limerick are playing the same day as the footballers in a Munster final, very close to times, is definitely something that shouldn't be happening. I think. Oh, not at all. No, no, not at all. And and um, the the <clears throat> the sooner that that the, the, these are the 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 different downs of the GA come together under the one umbrella and eliminate that sort of stuff, um, the better. Like um, there's a lot of good work being done, preliminary good work being done in terms and and it was ticked off by Jackie Cahill and the ladies football um in in in, in these double fixtures and um uh doubling them up with senior games and all that sort of thing. And like there's a double fixture in Killarney tomorrow, double monster final. Yeah. Like you've caught and carrying them and um, the ladies football final. And that 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 is a very, very good idea. But you're right, Jack. Um the, 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 you know, the, the, something has to be done about that, that sort of thing. But I would hope that when there is a coming together of 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 the um, of the, the different arms of the GA, let's say, um, that's that's a, a lot of those things. A lot of those things will will be will be ironed out. But Jack, before we before we go from that, um, I I went out to see the the, the juniors playing on Saturday. They yeah. were playing um, uh, They were playing a very, very strong um, uh, team. Now you you will recall, Jack, that uh, that Limerick and Armagh um, uh, met in the All Ireland Junior Semi Final last year, and Armagh um, uh, won by two points, but later went on to lose the All Ireland Final to Wexford. Um, but Armagh um, uh, um, uh, were at full strength. They, they 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 had much the same players. I recognised them from 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 last year, and uh, the same names, the same what have you. Limerick had only two. Valerie yeah. Carroll and sorry, Valerie Shanahan and Leah Carroll, two of the squad from last year. But you you, you must remember that Limerick was starting at number thirty five, because we have thirty four senior players. Now, and what I'm concerned about is that we use thirty four players in 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 the senior league, and that's fine, that's fine, no problem. You know, you've got to use the players, you've got to try them out, see what they're made of. Like, but we had players that made cameo appearances of sometimes, you know, in some cases as, as little as 10 or 15 or 20 minutes yeah. in one league game, and they're precluded from playing junior championship. Who in God's name is presiding over that? Yeah, I... like they're, they're, they're prepared to let him sit idle for a year rather than let him get, get playing camogie, which is the object of, of the association. Yeah, it's a bit like the under twenties rule where <coughs> you're kind of inhibiting players instead of like encouraging players to to go out and play. Um, it's it's just not right. And you'd wonder where these rules are coming for, and is there enough being said publicly against these rules to try and change them? Because a rule like that, or the rule like the Colonial rule, you like there's a lot of talk now. But as the winter months come and, and there's less hurling and, and camogie and football and ladies' football being played. Will they go under the radar and it'll only strike next year when we see a high profile player, you know, miss out on a chance to play? Like is is now the time for action, essentially. Yeah. Um if if if, if there's any good, Jack, to come out of the, the, the whole Carl O'Neill debacle, 
it is that that asinine rule will be removed. Yeah, it just and and it's it's no blame to anybody in Limerick. They were only using the system and. And um, it, it, it put it put John Kiley and Dermot Mullins in an unenviable position to have to make that decision. And they should, no managers in the future should be asked to do it. And that thing should be removed off the books forthwith. Yeah, it, it's definitely something that that needs to be to looked at and changed. Um, before we move on into in back into the senior football, we had um, some county league action during the week. I know we broke it out to games. We have the West League final is between Cairns and Newcastle West. The Southeast is between Galbally and Ula. And then Clahan and Monaline are meeting in the city final. I was at Ballystine versus St. Cairns. It was a brilliant game. You were at uh, Galbally and Ballylanders. Um, just, Another was, brilliant game that went to extra time, Jack. Yeah, like there was real championship feel in uh, in Ballyhall the other night. I don't know if that was the same at your game, but it, it's really building now. Obviously, the Munster final would take precedence, and then next week the hurling equivalent. But the the championships are the club championships are closing upon us. Yeah, Jack, and um, you know, I I I I have been critical already of the GAA in the context of Cahal O'Neill um, nationally, and I have been critical of the Camogie Association. Um, but um, and Jack, I'm about to hand out kudos Ooh. for a change. Um, and I say well done, um, well done to Limerick GA, because I I, I think they have got um, um, they they've got um, they've got a very good league system in place now. Yeah, definitely. you know, um, I was at two games this week uh, over the weekend. On on Sunday evening was a Saturday or Sunday evening, Jack. I was out at at, at the the twenty twenty one senior hurling final, which. Uh, uh, doubled up between uh, uh, with a league match for 2022 between Kilmallock and 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 Blackrock and Blackrock won it by three points and it was a fantastic game of hurling you know yeah. and then I'm uh, fast forward to Tuesday night and we Barry Landers and Galbally and they needed extra time this was full blooded stuff Jack which is great which is absolutely fantastic you know um the the the, the leagues that we had heretofore. You know, whilst they served their purpose, but they ended up as a bit of a charade. But now we, we, we I, I think, I, I think we have a very, very good league system, and there's a league there for everybody. Yeah. You know, and uh, and like this, this thing of introducing semi-finals into divisions, that's absolutely fantastic. In that it, it gives clubs that you know the competitive and that championship bite of a, a knockout situation before they head into the championship proper. Yeah, it is better. Yeah, I, I'm I'm one hundred percent dedicated fan of of the way that the leagues are structured now. Now, there is a downside, Jack, in that there was a number of walkovers, yeah, like which, think... which, which 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 the organisers can do nothing about. Mm. But basically, Jack, and we were wondering last year about the leagues. No, was it a one-off buy-in after the? Um, into the pandemic and the, the the hunger that was out there for games. No, it has carried on this year, Jack. That's a good structure to the leagues and like clubs are able to use the leagues. Like if you, if you come out of your group, if you come in the top four in your group, you're going to get a knockout game, possibly two knockout games, possibly three if you can get on to the county, you know, or four, get to the county final. 
Yeah, it's, look, it's definitely something we'll, we'll keep an eye on um, going forward is the county leagues. Well, Connor is, is there in the waiting room, so so we'll let him in um, as we go back to our Munster football final preview. Um, how are things, Connor? Very well. How are you doing, lads? Good, Connor. How are you? Good, good now. Good stuff. Thanks. Looking forward to the weekend. Yes. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, you know all about Munster finals and you played two in, in Killarney. Can you just... Kind of describe like the the build up to Munster final because we were just saying Killarney is in football is nearly the equivalent of Crow Park. It's where you want to be playing these kind of finals. Yeah, well, uh, it, for for um, first of all, thanks a million for having me on. Um, we were, I suppose, from we were growing up anyway. My mum and dad, well, especially my dad, he used to bring us every Kerry Cork match I'd say that ever was played uh, for as long as I can remember. So going back to Killarney was always the, the trip for us, you know, so or going to Park but especially Killarney. And it's I suppose it's the most picturesque stadium in the country. There's always a savage atmosphere. There's always a Boston atmosphere. And um, it was a huge thing for us, massive. And obviously massive to get into a Munster final with the footballers in particular because, um, uh, you know, there's uh, I suppose it wouldn't have been inspected over the years to get into Munster finals. We wouldn't be normally be Kerry Carker. Uh, we wouldn't have been... Um, I suppose wouldn't have been seen to be involved in it or whatever, you know, too often. But uh, the atmosphere was incredible. The the whole build up to the Munster Finals years ago was uh, was superb, but it was handled very, very well, I would say, by by Liam Kearns. I suppose Limerick was starved of success both in football and hurling at the time when we were uh, when we were involved and um, like the Limerick supporters really got behind us. Like I remember forty thousand people being back in Killarney for, for the Munster final and it was just Never forget the noise that day running out in the pitch event was uh, it was extraordinary. It was like Limerick people just wanted to be heard and to, to be supporting their team, but um, it was unbelievable. And that was, uh, of course, after the, the replay that we had in the Gaelic Grounds, um, or the, the first day of the Gaelic Grounds, obviously it was a replay back in Killarney, but like the Limerick people just went back in their droves to support us. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a savage atmosphere and a savage game, I suppose, with, with the wrong results, unfortunately, again, um, you know, so... Um, but uh, no, great memories, absolutely, and uh, a great time. Yeah, uh, very like, good time in our lives, I suppose, you know. So, you got to, to two finals back to back, and I suppose Limerick as a whole got to four in eight years. And Limerick have only won one Munster final. Is is there any kind of tinge of a missed opportunity from, from your side that went close in 03 and obviously the replay in 04? You look back and think, what if? Yeah, um. I definitely think that we're we left behind us. Uh, we have great opportunities to get over the line, and I suppose that's when you're playing teams of that tradition or teams of that quality, and you just have to be so much better on everything. You need like you need you need a lot of things, but you need to be obviously perform at your best in the day at your very best. They often don't need to perform at their very best, um, and can just get over the line. And then you need a you need a bit of luck and a few breaks to go your way as well. I think to make that or to get that big scalp, you know. So um, that's you know you, you just need that little bit of shade of good fortune, I think, to, to get over the line. And uh, like it, it certainly wasn't for the want of preparation, um, physically, football wise, or mentally. Like we were, we were definitely getting the very optimum out of ourselves, you know. Whereas um, and that's where we had to be at in order to even compete with the likes of those guys. But remember, I'd say Liam currency got every drop out of us anyway. That's for sure. To you know, to 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 be competitive, but uh, I never forget just the training we did was just was ferocious. So we were never as good shape ever, uh, as good a shape as we were in for um, 
for those games um, and physically and football wise and mentally definitely but obviously we just we just you know didn't get over the line especially the day in Limerick I think that was probably the real big opportunity for us um play quite well and obviously then the 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 freeze of 45s that's just uh were caught under the crossfire by Dara Shea we're nearly still having nightmares about that but um you know that like it's just those breaks of Geneve's those extra couple of inches that would have you know it kicked it over the bar it was game over you know so um I suppose they're the small margins at that level of sports that are that goes for for hurling or football or for anything nowadays you know so there are very small margins uh you're trying to get across the line you know at that level so yeah you, you talk about the physicality was one more there and i suppose getting the optimum out of yourself and the team do you see similarities with billy lee's team that is largely the same as 2018 when they're in division four and without a monster winning ages and just it mm. seems to be the belief do you like do you see similarities between yourselves and them oh, definitely yeah definitely and um I think that they've done an incredible job. Um, Billy has done an incredible job with um, since he started in the role. When you look at back in it, to how many years, not that long ago, where he couldn't get guys to come onto the squad, even you know, to to train with them, or couldn't get you know, which is which seems incredible now looking back in it, right? That people wouldn't want to play or wouldn't want to want to be involved with their county. But that was just the low end that every football was at, you know, and. Um, you know, I think that the lads that were involved, Billy and you know Brian Bigley, um, in particular for those first few years, did an incredible job and in steadying the ship. And uh, gradually, um, gradually, I suppose you know what I mean. You know, I suppose getting the belief back and getting the belief back in the jersey and getting people wanting to be involved again. And they've done a superb job. You know, and even obviously this year, the last couple of years, like every year they've kicked on. It's like they've rose their standards every year and they've gone with it and they've developed physically you know Adrian O'Brien is doing a top job as well and you know they're very good people involved with them and um Billy's as genuine a guy that you get uh, involved in the team and like everything is done for the right reasons they're trying to do it right the players are obviously buying in hugely into it and you'd have to admire the likes of Keen Carvet and Don and Sullivan these older states within the team that have seen the lower days you know the low days and stuck with it and have been a huge guiding uh huge guiding i suppose guiding night for for the younger guys at the quantum panel and uh, they have a great culture built up which is which is fantastic and there are certainly great similarities so um like this year has been superb the way get another promotion and uh, obviously within two months of championship matches so it's just it's been an incredible achievement and uh, uh, fair play to them for 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 um for doing what they're doing you know so yeah, the the attacking flair that, that Kerry have now with the likes of Dave Clifford and, and Shawnee and Shane these he had the likes of Gooch and Declan Sullivan and Paul Galvin. Uh, how do you go about as a team preparing for, for lads like that that could just turn it on in a moment with little to no space? Do you just have kind yeah. of accept yeah. that? Or? Yeah. Well, uh, I suppose it's probably a, a very key part of all this is like the work rate that's involved up front, which, which is vital because like giving them no easy opportunities, working the ball out, creating overlaps, you know, because if you create an overlap with like a carry team, that far out, it just spirals, knocks on, knocks on, obviously, and they've got a serious forward line, um, serious, serious forward line, you know, and obviously when we were playing, there was your Gooch or Dickon or Sullivan or Gal, you know, your top quality operators, Danny, you know, serious fitters, but all these guys need is a, is a, noun, is, is a small bit of space to, to make it work, so definitely the work rate up front is vital in midfield and you know obviously like in fairness like Limerick have 
very, very good backs. They've done a very, very good job over the last couple of days against Clare and against Tipperary with proven forwards that have done it over the last couple of years, you know. So obviously this is definitely a step up when you look at the quality of Clifford and uh, um, Shawnee Shea. And, you know, they're just, you know, you can't leave anything to chance, but I think that the work rate is a crucial part and not making it easy, the easy ball in inside, you know, because if they can get that yard in front, you know, if you're creating turnovers out the field, well, it makes it makes a lot easier for them to hit from outside in, you know. So, um, that's a crucial part, and then it puts a lot of pressure on the Limerick backs in if, um, you know, if, if 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 the ball is too easy coming in. So that's a that's the that's the real nub of it, like for me, that um, if they are really working that hard outside, that they're putting under such pressure that they're going to prevent that easy ball coming in, you know, and allowing the inside forward to get space because. As we all know, they don't need uh, much space to be uh, to do damage inside there and here, that's for sure. So, Yeah, and yourself as a forward then, were you kind of just thinking to yourself, I mightn't get as many possessions, so when I do, I have to make the most of it, and it'll probably apply to the Limerick forwards this weekend? Yeah, um, I suppose like anything, in any forward or inside forward in particular, you have to, you know, you could often be living off scraps or living off, um, you know, it's hard to... <laughs> like you're talking it was Michael McCarthy or Thomas Sullivan you were marking or you know and trying to get free even you know was uh was was uh was a, uh, you know they were like they were they were serious defenders of their time and um you know they were did a they obviously did a serious serious back so getting free was a big thing and getting you know getting that yard of space and then obviously but like we had a very good team when we were playing as well when you look at the you know like some, John Quans and the Galdens and you know Stephen Kelly. So like there was great, you know, great guys are giving you know, you know, they see with a with a with a yard of space and they able to get the ball into you, um, and quality footballers that we had at that time. So I think now, in fairness, Limerick have something very similar. Definitely, you know, there's a lot of quality uh, out the field and um, a lot of quality inside. But getting free is obviously from your markers is a huge thing and getting that yard of space, but it becomes harder. As you step up, you know, in, in the monster final, it's uh, those yards of space aren't uh, they're not as uh, as free maybe as you might get in a in a league match, like you know. Um, but uh, yeah, just you're trying to make every ball count, and when you win the ball, you're first of all you're just trying to win the ball, make a count, and you know what I mean, just to uh, you know win it, kick a score, lay off a ball, take the best option. But um, they're the things that you got to focus in on and just make make every ball count that you're 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 doing the right thing with the ball every time, you know. Yeah, and last one for me, Connor, before I throw you over to Matt there. Just, I think Limerick's best trait is they're attacking from deep. Is that something they should be trying to go from the start and put, maybe try and put the carry forwards on the back foot? Or is it kind of, let's just hold them for a while and, and see how the game develops? Yeah, no, like, I suppose be, that's the way they play. Um, I think that's what works very well for them. They're very good at doing it. So, like, you kind of have to go what you're used to doing I think right uh, and that works from that comes naturally to them but still at the same time you need to have that you know it's just you've got to have belief in what you're doing and I think they have a lot of belief in the work of all and how they work it from deep you know they have they're very good at doing that you know and um, so they got to continue doing it because it works it works for breaking down teams it works for Limerick so they kind of continue doing that and obviously they just got to raise their standards or constantly improve their standards of what they're doing because they're doing a lot of things very well but they just need to i suppose that's focus on the process that they've been doing all along and um if they can do that i suppose um 
with a high success rate, well, they, you know, <laughs> won't be breaking down out the field or, you know, and that's where it happens. You know, turnovers in, in games like that are very, very important. But it works for Limerick. That's the way they play their game and uh, they're very good at it. So I would say it's something that they'd have to probably stick at, you know. So. Yes. Connor, going back to 2000 and um, that unique double that he completed in 2000 and um, win so close to winning an all, a, a unique All-Ireland double, actually. Um, six or seven of those, that, that football team made the transition, made a quick transition, including yourself, to senior. Yes. How important was that in, in, in the, the success or the relative success of the teams that re- reached the Munster Finals against Kerry? Um, because like you, you certainly brought a winning mentality to the squad and to the team. Yeah, well, I suppose, Matt, we, we, we just got, like, for that year, we got in a great run with them. We had a great win against the Cork 21s up along Park of Grief, which is a, geez, you never forget, a win like that. So that was a huge win for us. Um, then led on to Munster final then against Water, and obviously when that was huge. And then we played Westmead above in Port Leash. And remember, I don't know, was there 10 or 12 toes people at the match, but like I don't know what noise, I'd say it was definitely for such a small crowd. I don't think you could make more noise at the match anyway. It was just it was like a velodrome nearly the the the, the noise, the intensity of that match. And but getting over the line because they were the previous all Ireland winners we'll say the year before. So they were, you know, we were getting a lot of belief from that match, and then obviously playing Tyrone then getting into a match of that and playing a quality, like they obviously had a lot of guys that came through, the great Carmel McAllen, Lord Bernstein. Stephen O'Neill, you know, they had a really quality team. A lot of players that came through themselves. And uh, I just think that we got a, a real, I suppose, a savage want to believe in ourselves and as footballers and say, look, we can compete here and we can drive things on. And we we definitely, I suppose, looked at raising the standards big time in ourselves. And we knew the level that we could get to when we played like Tyrone. And, you know, you obviously learn an awful lot in defeat, you know. Um, but we we had three or, very, three or four very good wins that, Helped us believe in ourselves and said, "Look, you know we've a lot of quality footballers here, um, and uh, I would definitely think that's what stood to us, and that was our backbone. Definitely, like we had a lot of quality guys: Stephen Lucy, Galvin, Jason Stokes. You know, real characters, but real guys you want in the trenches with you. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that we learned an awful lot from that under twenty year old definitely match. You know, so and it definitely stood for stood with us the whole way through because it backbone probably the team that we had going forward." For, for, for the next seven or eight years, 10 years, you know. So I'm um, just very lucky uh, and uh, very lucky to be a part of it. And, uh, um, you know, we're, 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 we're very grateful for the, for the great memories that we've had during that time when you look back at them now. But uh, it was just amazing, really, for a Limerick football team to get to an Ireland final. Uh, and, you know, when you're, when you're at it at the time, you don't think anything of it. And it's probably even a few years after you don't think anything of it. But when you look back at it now and say, geez, you're in a month, you're in an Ireland football final with Limerick footballers. It's just extraordinary stuff really you know so um which was uh they were but they were they were they were really a, a class outfit the, the Tyrone lads were they really were you know so um, and they kicked on and won a couple of all Ireland's after that thing as well so they proved our worth after that as well so it is yeah but, but going into going into tomorrow's final Connor yeah. um Limerick have generally just written off you know just seen as been making up numbers and um, that's in common with um, any monster. And I can go back to 1965. Um, yes. And um, that, you know, that's in common with every monster final that Limerick have appeared in in football. Limerick have never rolled over in the monster final. They've never. all been close. They've all been close monster finals. 
Absolutely. And I think, Matt, as well, like they'll have to have a lot of belief in like beating Tipperary, going to Tipperary win. It's not an easy place to go to. Um, going to Clare and winning, like, you know, they've got a lot of confidence. They got promoted in Division 4. They performed very, very well. You know, you know, there's nothing to fear for Limerick going down to Clare. And I know, like, that, and I know, uh, you know, that Kerry have a savage team and a lot of quality. And I think, like, is it a 16-point handicap? Is that the betting, is it, on it? You know, which is... Yeah. Which is extraordinary, really, you know, on the one hand. But I suppose when you look at the Kerry team, you say, look what they did to Cork and how they kicked on in the last 15, 20 minutes in particular. But, you know, if Limerick perform to their best of their ability, you know, they'll they'll ask a good few questions and a lot of questions of Kerry. And I think that, but, um, and, I, and, I, and I genuinely think they will, you know. So I think that Limerick will have a plan going down there. Um, and I think that Limerick have a lot of quality footballers in their team. Um, you know, so I think that these lads are will relish what's ahead of them tomorrow, you know, and they really should because, you know, like there's absolutely no pressure on them. Go out and go at them and, enjoy, you know what I mean, really go at them, you know. So um, I think that, 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 that um, you know, there's as I said, there's no pressure on them. They can just, you know, kick off and go at it and go at them, you know what I mean. So um, I think the 16-point handicap is is wrong in my opinion right and I, and I really really believe that uh, i really do uh, i think it's way over the top um but i really think that these limerick lads can perform to their very best i think they'll give it a right crack you know and um uh, i'd love it for them because they deserve to because you know they've been nothing but fantastic over the last couple of years but in particular this year uh, and they deserve to leave their best in the field you know so please god should they draw inspiration from Tipperary two years ago? You will recall and Tipperary needed extra time to beat Limerick in the semi-final. Cork beat Kerry in a surprise. That's and right. Tipperary went down to Cork and won the Munster final. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I suppose Tipperary probably got a lot of belief, you know, earlier on the year, like similar enough with playing, you know, league and in playing Limerick and the way they won against Limerick, which is, you know, was incredible. But um, like... Limerick would have to draw a lot of belief and a lot of kind of there's a lot of similarities between the two teams and their journeys, you know. Um, but I agree with you, Matt. They definitely have to, you know, draw on the belief that you know the way Tipperary would put their business and, you know, in fairness, they played a lot of quality football that day and uh, they, you know, they were they just they raised their level again, didn't they? And that day and they they had a bit of luck as well, but you need to ride your luck and uh, you know what I mean. Um, but definitely Limerick can learn a good few lessons from, from Tipperary, what they did a couple of years ago, you know? Yeah, that's the hope that Limerick can finally get it done. 126 years is a long time, but Connor, thank you very much for joining us. Please God that Limerick can go an extra mile and maybe on Sunday we can all go to the treehouse and watch the other provincial finals and say who's going to join Limerick as provincial champions in the quarterfinals. But again, a huge thank you to you, Connor, and please God Limerick can get the job done. Thanks, um, for, thanks for having me on, lads. Uh, so look, wishing the rich, wishing that Billy and the lads tomorrow all the very best, and um, just drive it on and go at them. So thanks, many lads. Thank you. That's the plan. Thank anyway. you, Matt. I suppose we'll keep going with with that. Uh, with, we're talking about that game. As I said, 186 years is a long time, and I suppose it was it was 108 when Connor's team were there. Like it, it's this has been going on for a long time, but records are there to be broken. Of course they're there to be broken, and um, uh, of course they're there to be broken. Clare broke the record in in 1992 when Francis McInerney, um, you know, led a, a, a Clare team that were dubbed no-hopers into a monster find against Kerry in the Gaelic grounds and won it. 
And um, Tipperary were in a similar position two years ago, and that's why I asked the question, um, can we draw inspiration from them? Because like Tipperary, you know, uh, um, Cork had beaten, had beaten um, Kerry, you know, and that's the ultimate tradition, uh, credentials that you can have going into a Munster final to beat Kerry in the semi-final. Let's call a spade a spade. And mm. like, um, you know, Tipperary had just, they had the belief they had the belief that they could go and do it. Um, you, you know, they went down in the bloody Sunday jerseys and, you know, they drew inspiration and, and and but, you know, you, you draw an inspiration is one thing, but you actually have to have that belief. And they had the belief that they could end 85 years without a monster title and they did it. Mm. And I think that's the blueprint, um, you know, for, for Limerick. But... Connor um, touched on it there, uh, Jack, and it, it cannot be it cannot be said often enough, nor it cannot be emphasised enough, the job that Billy Lee has done. It's just simply yeah. phenomenal. Like you'd run out of adjectives um, for it because, like you know, and and Connor spoke about he, he coming from a very low base, twenty eighteen, Jack. Limerick beat, um, Limerick drew with London in the league in Division 4, beat Waterford. They picked up three points. That was the sum total. And here we are, four years down the road. Limerick have won Division 4, won the McGrath Cup, won, are being promoted from Division 3, and are now through to a Munster final. It's a phenomenal turnabout. And like, um, you know, there are a number of players that have been through all that, you know, and um, uh, like we're, we're talking about um, the like of, of Don Lost, um, Sean O'Dea has been through it all, um, Keith Sheehan has been through most of it, uh, Ian Corbett, Dara, Dara Tracy, um, the, the lads are there that, you know, they, they have seen both sides of the coin and that will be a motivating Peter Nash has been around, um, that, that is going to be a motivating factor for him. And I, I did mention when, when we spoke earlier on about it, um, you know, for the reasons I've just outlined, that Limerick are in a good place going into the final, Jack. Mm. They're in a good place in that um, they, 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 they have cultivated that winning mentality. And we've spoken about it in this medium, um, that um, how they, that they have responded in the backs-to-the-wall situation, which they, they have responded very, very well. And, you know, at the risk of being repetitive, you had having to go to Sligo to get promoted from Division 4, having to go to Ockram to, to avoid um, going into a relegation playoff, having to go to Leash and beat for men in the concluding stages of this year's championship, even to get to the Munster final, Jack. Having to go to Ennis and then go to Tipperary. You know, um, and then, then, then you had this whole thing like we were seven years without um, a championship at one stage. Now we have two championship, uh, uh, sorry, seven years without a championship win. Now we have two championship wins in one year. We have reached for what for Munster, for Limerick football is the Holy Grail, and now 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 is a chance to grasp it. Yeah, and um, uh, this 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 whole thing about sixteen points and. All that sort of thing that um, uh, that's been peddled out there, like um, 
you know, I, 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 I think Limerick will have news for all that. They'll they, they, they have an answer for all that. And um, like, and Limerick are coming. They're, they're coming from a good place, as I said, for those reasons. Plus the fact, Jack, there's another factor. And it, it has been shown in both championship games to date. In that, you know, um, from a very, very low base, when up to 50 players refuse to commit themselves to, to play with Limerick or to train with Limerick or be involved with the Limerick football team. Billy Lee has built a, a squad and he has people to come off the bench to make a difference. And that would be important. Yeah, it'll definitely be important. I suppose if you start Robbie Burke or something is, is a question a lot of people have, have said to me. We're not a team tonight at, at 8 o'clock on Friday at 8. But I suppose Kerry are 16 point favourites and it, it's disrespectful, I suppose, in one way. But the bookies are rarely wrong, and that's just the way it works. Like, obviously, we want to see Limerick win, and we will give them every chance of winning. But what is a positive outcome for Limerick if Kerry win? You know, a close game, Jack, is is obvious. You know, and um, to to see measurable improvement um, going on into um, into um, the the All Ireland qualifiers, and Limerick will be well placed irrespective of the result going into the qualifiers because Billy Billy has built it up in that way. Mm. Um, uh, I, I, I think his main message is that, you know, um, we're going to the Munster final. We're going to play in the Munster final. We're going to learn from the Munster final. We're going to see where it takes us. Yeah. It, you I know, I think it's, it's, it's ideal preparation for his players. He's not, he's not um, heightening the expectation. He's not putting, heightening the pressure on the lads. Um, you know, I I, I I think he's got it spot on in that one as well. Yeah, it was, it's nice that there is that game there, regardless of what happens um, on Saturday, whether they win and they're into an All-Ireland quarterfinal or they're just into the qualifiers, just to see how this team can go on. Because obviously in 2020, you would have loved to have seen them after the Tipperary game, how they would have responded the following year against Cork and the Gaelic Crowns with Donny O'Sullivan going off very early with that injury and how that panned out mm-hmm. that regardless of outcome we'll see how this Limerick team ca- can move on and again it's a bit like a free hit no one is expecting anything from no. Limerick you'd be foolish not to expect anything from them really because they've shown in the last few years that when the chips are down they're, they're more than well able to respond but there is that caveat that regardless of what happens they will be their season will continue it will, and uh, it's it, it, it's hugely important, Jack, in the context of promotion, that Billy gets as many chances as possible to benchmark his team against teams of the first of the first and second divisions. Mm, because let, let's face it, and let's be honest, um, uh, when you go into the league, um, the division two of the league in 2020, 2023, it will mm. be all about survival and consolidation first, because you're it's it's welcome to the big time with. The, the dogs in McNeville Park. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but, all, all this sort of thing. But you know, uh, it's very, very important. And that's why that that um it, it was a significant win in in, in Ennis in that um it, it gave you a ticket to the monster semi-final, but more so it gave Billy a cha- an opportunity to to benchmark his team against a seasoned division two team because Claire had been in division two for six years, Jack. Yeah. And they're 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 seasoned in, in tier two. So um it that that was an opportunity and um 
it, it, it was the first real chance. Now, Saturday is going to be the next chance to see how, how they can really mix it with the big boys. And, of course, the same will occur when, when they... Um, when, when they face into the qualifiers, because it 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 will be a division one or division two side, so like it, it, it's terribly important that the season continues, um, yeah. whether as monster champions or as monster runners up. Yeah, and uh, you notice I'm 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 not discounting the former. No, you you couldn't rule out. Look, um, as we said, Connor's teams were written off. Teams and nine and ten were written off, and when so close and this team seems to have that inner belief that whatever scenario whether it's penalties or you're going to Turles or whatever the case may be that that you can get the job done it is interesting the Kerry's attack is definitely the best attack in Ireland but that's their key strength and Limerick's defense I think is their strength it'll be interesting to see how that pans out David Clifford and you say Keen Lynch is the greatest hurler of all time David Clifford is well on his way to becoming the best footballer of all time. Um, yeah, I, I agree, but possibly has a bit of a small bit of ground to make up on the goods, you know. But oh, he uh, does. But what I'm saying is, we saw Brian Fanning um, do a brilliant job on Connor Sweeney. Sean did a similarly good job on Samuel Roy in Crow Park, and I think Mike Donovan is probably physically the closest we have to Clifford in that full back line. Now, that's not to say Paul Maher won't be back there or Jim Liston or someone. But if you were manager, what would you do with Dave Clifford? Which of those boys would you pick? Or do you well, pick a couple of them? You, you know, the, 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 the dilemma facing Billy, you know, obviously he'll have to be man-marked. But how, how many changes do you make in your defence to man-mark him? Well, to be fair to Clifford now... He probably won't roam, so you know he's probably going to be. He's not going to go outside his own forty-five. He probably won't go further than the the width of the net, like because he doesn't need to go much further. Because if the ball is near him, he'll win it. He's just a very strong man. But Clifford needs minding. His brother needs minding. He's more his of a brother, hey, You just uh, you just out of my mouth now. If, if David doesn't wonder, the other fella does. You know. That's the thing with um, Kerry, and it's like Limerick in the Hurland. They have so many weapons that you can quieten one or two. Yeah, um, you, 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 you've shown, you, you've shown your shares. You said, and like, you know, it gives you a sense of of of, of how formidable um, Kerry are when 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 you see a situation whereby uh, Paul Guinea is on a knife edge as to whether he'll be on the team or not. Yeah, and then obviously if Paul Guinea. Is starting. That means Tony Brosnan isn't starting. So I mean, like, yeah. you know, that's no. the standard you're dealing with. And if if if, if Paul Guinea comes on, he'll be fired up to high heavens because he wasn't done from the start. So yeah, you know, what I'd like to see look, happening, look, and I don't know how. If, if if you look at it, all the trumps are in Kerry's hands. Yeah, you know, but um, I'm hopeful, Jack. I'm I'm an optimist. Yeah, what I'd love to see now is. If if it's Brian Donovan, um, because he's probably with Keane Sheen, he's probably the most athletic player in the team. That if he's marking Clifford like he marked Mulroy, that he goes on a run at the start and see does Clifford follow. Um and if you could bang a goal like he did against Claire and you're putting that in their minds, that's the ideal scenario. But um I don't know, I don't know if that if that'll come to fruition. But I think Limerick have the defence to hold Kerry to a reasonable score. I think scores will be hard to come by, but 
I think 16 points is, is disrespectful to this team. I think they're they're much better than that. Um, Cork well, 12 points, know, um, and I think Limerick would beat this Cork team um, more often than not if, if they played each other. Um, before we get into a prediction for if, Saturday, if, 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 if Billy, if Billy, um, you know, if Billy wants to, to, you know, to fire up his team, just put that nail that up on the on 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 the um, dressing room wall. Dressing room walls, you know, that's that's legendary as a legendary tactic, and you know what clubs are counties are written off. Yeah. Um. Before we get into the predictions that game on Saturday, on there's, there's qualifiers on. Or the next week is the qualifiers the following week. I think I'm the, no, the, the first round is on this week. The Clare and Cork game, or is that the no? Well, no, the first round of the Talton Cup is on this week. Yeah, sure. Look, we've we've gone from that. <laughs> we yeah. missed we missed out on that. Um, we were yeah, but there are, there are some very interesting games in the qualifiers, and you must remember, if 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 were Limerick to lose, they'll be playing yeah. one of the winners of the of the the um, the qualifiers, like um. I might get you to call all those games now, Matt, because next week we'll probably be more focused on looking back on the Munster final and obviously looking yeah. forward to the hurling. So the the four provincial finals, well, the three other ones, um, Galway and Roscommon. Um, I I I I think Galway. No, yeah. Roscommon. A, a, a lot of the punditry are going for Roscommon, but. Um, I think Galway will have learned a lot from the Division Two final, which they lost to Roscommon. Yeah, I, and um, I, I think it'll I, motivate I, them and their home venue, even though it's not too long ago since Roscommon won a Connacht final in in Pier Stadium. Um, but I, I, I'm 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 going with Galway because um, something about them that, you know, I I think it's Galway, Jack. Yeah, I. Edge towards Galway, but Roscommon have beaten them twice this year, and as you said in in that uh kind of final a few years back, so they do know how to beat them. But I go Galway there, uh Dublin Kildare. Oh, <laughs> I hope Kildare. I say Dublin. Yeah, I think Dublin have just far too much firepower. Um, yeah. but there again, there are two games Limerick will have next year. Obviously, Roscommon and Galway are, are promoted, so Limerick won't have them. But Galway or Dublin and Kildare. One of them, you'd imagine, will be in Limerick, and we'll have a trip up to to Leinster as well. So we'll have the we'll two. Eye... We'll have the two of them next year, hopefully. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on them. Um, <laughs> and then you have Derry and Donegal. We'll have Derry next year as well. Yeah, I I, I would sense that, that 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 Derry might win this one, Jack. See, I um, now the the one thing that I would say about it that. Um, Johnny Gall will surely have learned the lesson from losing the Ulster final to Cavan two years ago. You say surely, but this Johnny Gall team we've been talking up, not we, but people have been talking up since probably 15 or 16 that they have these players to win in All Ireland, and one way or another, every year it, it falls by the wayside. Now, again, they won't be out, but Cavan was the one. I think Johnny Gall will win, I think their experience. We'll take him over the line. It's the first Munster final for Derry, I think, since 2009, which is even longer than Limerick's wait mm. for a Munster final. It's mad to think that Limerick... Yeah, I, I, would... I, think, I, I think that's going to feed into it. And there seems, Jack, there seems to be a freshness about Derry. And um, I, I, I saw him on television there on one of the two games, one or two of the games, and I, I, I was hugely impressed with him. And, um, um, you know, the manager, has um, Rory Gallagher, has done a fantastic job up there, you know, He's done a fantastic job wherever he's gone, you know. And I 
think there's something about Derry, Jack. Um, I, I, I'm favouring Derry. Yeah, I'm going to go to Nicole there. I think it's mad that Limerick and Derry was a Division 4 fixture in 2018. It was a Division 3 fixture in 2020. And here you have both of them potential, or potential provincial champions. Um, and then we go into the qualifiers where we go back to Limerick and Kerry. Jack, it's, it's, it's very, very good for the game. Brilliant. Because... Uh, it proves it proves that there's a pathway there for everybody. If yeah. they get their house in order, what Rory can Rory Gallagher and Billy Lee leading by yes. by example? Yes, absolutely. Rory Gallagher and particularly our Billy Lee take a bow. You know. Yeah. Um. The qualifiers then next week because I'd say we probably won't have much time to look into them. Um. Armagh and Tyrone, the Iron Champions versus the Open Coming oh. Armagh. Toss of a coin. It's a toss of a coin, I suppose. Home venue helps Armagh, I suppose. Toronto are all Ireland champions. Um, they won't want to relinquish their crown. I am going with Toronto. Will they play Rory Canavan? Good question. <laughs> yeah, I just I find it very hard to think that the All Ireland champions will be knocked out in the first round of the qualifiers. But I do have this inkling for Armagh. If Armagh can get it right, they definitely have the capability of beating them. But mm. I'll go with Armagh. I'll go outside there. Um, you have Cork and Louth. This this is a difficult one, you know. They're all they're all difficult, aren't they? Uh, this is a difficult one because Cork football is not in a good place at the minute. No, you know they've they've suffered a very very heavy defeat um, to. Um, Kerry in the Munster football semi-final. They had to rely on a last-day victory over Offaly in the league to survive in Division 2. Um, now, it's a very, very interesting game, actually, Jack, um, in that it's only the third-ever championship meeting between um, um, Cork and Louth. Third championship ever. The first was in 1957, um, Jack, when um, Loud won it by two points, one nine to one seven, and um, Loud were captained by a <coughs> man that became very, very famous on the music scene in Ireland. Subsequently, Dermot O'Brien and the Merry Ploughboy. Did you ever hear of him, Jack? No, <laughs> not an ocean. I'm not surprised that you're biting your your fingers when you hear that kind of stuff. But Dermot O'Brien went on to be huge here in Ireland as. Um, Country western type Irish folk singer and um, part of the big show band era, and but he captained out in '57. Now they met again in 2003, I think, in the quarter final or some round of the qualifiers, and Cork won it by 16 points to 14. So there's there's only been two points in it um, in both games. But look, um, that's not going to play at all into what's it's on Saturday week in Parkwick Eve at two o'clock. Um. You know, there's a Mickey Hart factor here. Yeah. And they're also and Division 3 champions, though. Loud are coming from... Um, they're coming from a better place than Cork. Cork <coughs> are in a difficult situation for the reasons that I told you. But Loud have been crowned Division 3 champions. I think this is going to be very, very tight. I'm reluctantly giving a vote to Cork to win it. But I very, 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 very reluctant now and... Um, they're dogged by injuries. Kevin Flahaven, Brian Harnett are the latest to out, and um, um, you know, 
yeah, I'm I'm reluctantly going for Cork, but God, God Almighty, Jack, only barely. Yeah, I'll I'll salute you there, uh, Claire and Meath. Um, I'm going for Meath. I'd go for Claire there now. Um, I think they'll have enough to to beat Meath. They've had longer to to recover from the loss to Limerick, and as well, they'll see how far Limerick have gone and think we were a few weeks the ball away. Meath like losing to Dublin by however many points they lost by, you know, that'll bring their confidence down. I think in a different day, we meet, but I'm going to go clear in that one. And then the other tie is... Wicklow and Offaly. No, Monaghan and Mayo. Oh, sorry, Monaghan and Mayo. Sorry, I'm getting mixed <laughs> up between the whole lot of them. Um, um, Wicklow and Offaly is in the Talton Cup. Talton Cup, um, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Um you know, Armeo, 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 Matt. Um, notice how every game I'm saying now you're very slow to say it shows already now the results might go different that this is the way forward. The, the splitting the Talchon Cup and the All Ireland, that there's nothing between these teams, of course, it is. You know, and that you know, like the days of having competitions, Jack, where a number of um. Teams have no, are no genuine no hopers like and uh, are only whipping boys. That day is over. Yeah, that day is yeah. you know that day is over. <coughs> Mayo, I suppose Mayo's record. Mayo's record in the in through the backdoor route through the the qualifiers route is actually is simply phenomenal. I'm I'm going for them to to to, to get over my hand, especially seeing Tizan and Castle Bar. You know. Pulling out of the bag again. Yeah, this may always seem like if they didn't come up against the best team of all time, they'd have three or four All Irelands at least. You know, so that's hard to take. I know, but um, I fancy Monaghan. I just think they have better scoring. I think Tommy Conroy is a huge absence for Mayo. Well, Killing huge, absolutely. But uh, you know, I know they're Jack McCann and Conor McManus and all these fellas. But you know, I still think. Um, I, I Monaghan have them, but I, I still think Mayo and Castlebar they they will they 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 will refocus and um, you know I think they'll get over this one anyway. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good games to look forward to, and mm. obviously then the big one this weekend, Matt Limerick and Kerry. But you look, Jack, we have to go with the flow and say that Kerry are going to win. Yeah, there's definitely fair for a reason. I, I, I'm very, very hopeful that Limerick can cause an upset. Yeah, like you have to put into context that if Limerick beat Kerry, you'd say that's one of the biggest shocks we've seen in a, a long, long time, if yes. the biggest of all time. Yes. But those records are there to be broken. Yeah, they have to be broken, and um, you know it's fifteen against fifteen. Once the, they cross the white line, and once Mister whatever his name from Monaghan throws in the ball, you know, um, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And look, this Liberty team has caused upsets before. They've they've come from nowhere. At the worst, it'll be a good gauge of where they are, as you said, as they get ready for Division Two. It's probably bonus territory. It's a great day out for the Limerick fans. You'd encourage people. To go down to Killarney if they can, you know, like it's one you wouldn't want to miss because, like, if if they do the job, you'll always be able to say I was there when when Limerick beat Kerry and bridged a hundred and twenty six year gap. But yeah, look, you have to say Kerry are favourites. Um, we've green. It, 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 it certainly will be where were you? 
Yeah, he's got to be a case of where were you when I I was there, and mm. then I saw Liverpool beat Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Yeah, and I saw well, Matt Helen shave off his mustache that evening. You said you you said we were talking that we weren't talking football um, some time ago, Jack, in this podcast, and I'm taking you at your word. You'll have you'll have a hard time keeping them quite in Ballylanders if Limerick are after winning the Munster Championship match on Saturday evening. Oh, I will, but I, I don't mind. You'll have a hard time keeping yourself in check as well. I will. You'll be giving jibes to Tomas O'Shea. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, it's it should be a good weekend. As Billy Lee said, it's a good week for football. John, there's a nice bit of buzz around there, um, talking to the view of the players. Like, John, they are looking forward to it. It's pretty much a free hit. Obviously, you're going to finals mm-hmm. to win. That's that's what you do. But as I said, they're written off, and they've shown before that writing off for the Limerick team is, is not a, a good way to go about things. And you'd hope if the opportunity presents itself that they can take it. You know, you don't want to have a case of what ifs and, and things like that. But yeah, you're, I'm kind of getting in the mood for it now. It's it's just it's just before twelve on Friday afternoon. It's just over twenty four hours away. Before the final, um, we spoke a bit about the leagues, there's hurling leagues and everything. We'll get into them and more. I, I, we're at 80 minutes now, so we, we will call it a day now. Um, obviously, the Camogie are playing again this weekend. The senior team are in Northern Park at 4 o'clock on Saturday. The junior team are in Roscommon at 5. The best wishes to both those teams. But you have to say that the, the football is taking centre stage, and rightfully so. Can Limerick end a 126-year gap? We certainly hope so. Um, back in nine or in eighteen ninety six, Matt, it was four one to Limerick. You'd take that, wouldn't you? I would. I would. I wasn't around, Jack, but I, I would. <laughs> I was away that day myself as well. If you would yeah. keep Clifford and Shani Shane him to one point, now you're doing well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hopefully, a similar result with Limerick. Look, the very, very best of luck to to Billy and the team. They were very good on Monday night at a press conference. There was a load of them there. They were very good with their time. Um and very proactive in organising that and everything and look they were great speakers they're a brilliant bunch of players they've given us many great days out so far hopefully they'll be a nice there'll be a lot of green there on yeah on on uh on Saturday I presume Limerick will be wearing white Matt white against blue probably probably yeah so if you have your uh if you have your blue jersey um throw it on <laughs> or sorry if you have your white jersey God white, sorry white jersey. <laughs> I was thinking of the old the old blue and if you have your white jersey Wear it, but sure, wear your green, get colourful, make noise, um, and drive it on is, is kind of the, the message we've been hearing from, from players, and even Connor said it as well. Jack, there is no more familiar sight in in the GAA for the last few years than the green of Limerick. Yeah, it's a and nice back- long, long, long may it continue. Yeah, so again, best wishes to, to Billy and the team, um, hoping for the win. Hoping for a performance, hoping for a good day all round. Best of luck to you, Matt, as well. And everyone involved for, for Shea, for Dave, look, a brilliant cause. Hopefully, um, you can make raise as much money as you can for, for a great cause and you can have a good evening. Um, best of luck to the Kamogi team. There's leagues on and everything. So, yeah, look, hopefully, uh, next week we'll be chatting, we'll be looking forward to maybe completing a monster double. Who knows? We'll definitely be looking back on one monster final and looking forward to another. But for now, all the best to the footballers and thank you, Matt. You're welcome, Jack. Impression again, we get all we what you put into. It's like a walk of life. 
If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. If your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence, you can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second out there from the war court today. No more about him. made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact that that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? We have a couple of injuries. Here comes Kieran Curry. Curry leading the charge to the left. Forty-five minutes out. He's a chance to score. He's put it in. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. 